Hello and welcome back to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noter Francesco, and I am joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max, in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing this fine, uh, I, our first episode of July, how are you doing? How's July treating you so far? It's been two days. Well, I, you know, here's the thing, Will, that we can say with absolute certainty that next month, Husker football starts. Yes, it does. Does that have like a little glow? <laughs> it's like next yeah. month. I'm like, well, at 342 days. Yeah. No, next month. I know it's next a, month. Oh, next month. month. It's the end of the month, but whatever. We'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like I don't want that to come because that means I have to go back to school. But <laughs> at the same time, I really want that to come because then it means we get college football back and most importantly, Husker football back and we get to see what this team looks like. Um, man, we got a lot of commits and stuff to talk about, oh, starting yeah. with four-star tight end Ainsworth, Nebraska. We talked about him last week. Carter Nelson commits to Nebraska. He set his commitment date, I think, after we recorded uh, for right. last Wednesday, and both you and I thought, okay, that probably means he's coming to Nebraska because yeah. he did it so early, and Turns out that's exactly what happened. We we beat out Georgia for him, and this Nebraska has one of the best tight end rooms in college football now. Which is just if you look at rankings and that kind of stuff, you have Thomas Fedoni, who was first in his tight end class um, in the twenty twenty recruiting cl- season, uh, and or twenty twenty recruiting class. Should, no, twenty twenty one recruiting class. Sorry, um, and then you have. Uh, Eric Gilbert, who was first in his tight end recruiting class in the 2020 recruiting class. And now you have, or you're going to add in Carter Nelson, I should say, in the 2024 recruiting class. Uh, Very, very highly ranked. So, uh, I mean, what are your initial thoughts on this, Grandpa? I know you and I texted and it was both of us in all caps. We got him and we're excited about it. But uh, what are your thoughts now? It's been a couple days. Well, He's, I mean, he's, he's a big catch. Uh, no pun intended because he's tied in. Uh, he's an amazing athlete. And I think that's really what, uh, what caught the eye of the likes of Alabama and Georgia and anybody else who has, you know, championship caliber teams. I, if you get a chance and maybe you already did watch a huddle film of him, they also show, they show him playing football. He's an eight man football. I don't know if you've ever seen it in an eight, man football game, but it is, it's a blast. So I go up or used to go up to Verdigree and I went to many of their games and it's just a great, great type of game. It's uh, you have fewer uh, players and a shorter field. There's n- nobody, nobody kicks field goals or, or extra points. You just go for two every time because they don't have kickers there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I was watching, it's one thing to look at his video of his uh, tight end playing, you know, football. But then there's a bunch of video on there of him playing basketball, slam dunking, and in uh, <laughs> stealing. And uh, he's a he's an amazing athlete. I'm I don't know what kind of interest that he had in uh, in basketball, but I would not be surprised that uh, you know a lot of uh, teams could have used a kid like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and and as you said, like. Matt Rule wants to recruit athletes. Like that's what he's looking for. It's just he just wants guys that are athletic because he knows that he can teach them. Right. Uh, and 
mold them into a certain position and how he plays and that kind of stuff. So that's super important. I mean, Carter Nelson is already a great tight end, so he doesn't, he, he can, I mean, obviously there's some development that needs to happen because playing high school versus college going to the NFL, you're not going to be NFL ready coming out of high school. And so like having, having that kind of developmental thing is going to be huge for Carter Nelson, but, but still, like, as you said, he's an athlete and that's, so important to rule is that he he is the he just know he he has an athletic build he knows how to court he's coordinated like that kind of thing is very important to rule and i think that i mean that's part of the reason why carter nelson probably went there is i mean one home state obviously because he's from ainsworth uh nebraska and then two probably i mean matt rule has just been like you just can't help but like him yeah, I think is something that I've at least figured out where both we talked about this last week as well, that both you and I were kind of like, oh, I don't really know about this. And then listen and then talking about him on the podcast, talking about his recruiting ability and all that kind of stuff for the past uh, couple of months. It's just like, this is the guy like this is there's there's no doubt in my mind that he's the right guy for Nebraska right now. And he's proving it to us every single day that we get an, every day is like a new recruit. The uh, recruiting window is almost closed, I should say. So we won't be getting too many more, but then it'll open up again and we'll probably get even more. And and during that time, we'll see what, we'll see what uh, things transgress. But um, we also just yesterday got another commit in uh, Jacob Barney. Uh, he is from, Miami. He's from Palmetto High School, where Dwight Boodle, DeCap, or yeah, Dwight Boodle went there. Um, I forget there were there was a whole list. There's four Huskers now that will be on campus that um, are from Palmetto High School in Miami. It's Dwight Boodle, it's Jacob Barney, and uh, Corey Collier, and then uh, I forget who the other one is, but um, there are four four Huskers from. Florida, which is very, that's a, that's a huge positive because Florida is a deep recruiting bed that has some great talent hidden in it. If you get like a four-star out of Florida on average, it's much better and well-prepared to play college football than a four-star from, let's say, I don't know, Virginia or something like that, where the, fo- where the football might not be as good. Um, so that's, that's big for Nebraska to get that. Even bigger is that everyone, everyone was predicting him to go to Miami. Yep. Uh, I looked at on threes, uh, which is a recruiting site. Their um, prediction machine had Miami at 80% probability of getting Jacob Barney and two, four, seven, all the experts were predicting crystal ball predictions were all for Miami, all for Miami, except for a few. And those few were for Nebraska and he had his three between Texas A&M, Miami and Nebraska. And I should say Miami of Florida, not Miami of Ohio. Um, And Nebraska ended up getting him when no one thought he was going to. So that's just a genius, again, of rules recruiting method. And uh, he's a four-star wide receiver. So that's huge. Garrett McGuire um, is working magic at 23. He is going to be, one of probably the best head coaches, young head coaches we've seen. I, I imagine he'll transgress and go up the ranks and, and that kind of stuff from, from time on, but we'll see how fast he does that. And I hope he stays in Nebraska as long as he possibly can, because he's doing some great things for Nebraska, bringing in all these receivers like Davion Hall and Isaiah McMorris and now Jacob Barney. And uh, I, I saw 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Jacory Barnes. Uh, and it, it was, it was, it was interesting. He said, you got to understand uh, you, you've been to, you've been to Florida before, right? Or have you not? No, you haven't. I have, I went to uh, Orlando for Disney. Okay. World. That's, that's about right. it. Uh, somebody, a kid, you know, still in high school coming up to Nebraska. He said, I thought I was, all I was going to see is cornfields. <laughs> and, and so to, to get a kid a to come up from that environment, come up to Nebraska is, is a who I believe. And then I think it shows the, and what you were talking about with, uh, with rule and his staff and uh, uh, able to get kids. And I, you know, I hope he stays and I hope he works out. He's an athlete. He's what one's he's six Oh one eighty, something like that. He's not very big, but um, you know, that it's, uh, I think that's a coup. If you can do that, Mr. Rule, I think that uh, you're the guy for the job. Yeah, that's a good point. And you're right. I was saying his name was Corey Barney. You're right. Uh, Corey Barney Jr., I should say. Barnes. Um, Barnes. No, it's just. Corey Barnes? I'm pretty sure it's Barney, but uh, that's what his Twitter handle is, at least. Really? Um, so I think that's what his name is. But uh, anyway, um that's that's not exactly important. The, the important thing is that we got him, and the important thing is that uh, Nebraska has been getting guys left and right. That now in we are ranked inside the top twenty by every single recruiting site out there. We're ranked in the top. We're ranked fifteenth in the nation by rivals. We're ranked, I believe, fourteenth. Yeah, fourteenth in the nation by two four seven, and on three has us in eighteenth overall. Uh, across the entire nation. And then if you look at just the Big Ten standings, that's going to be um, even more important because Nebraska's kind of been struggling when it gets to those um, teams you get on the lower end of that kind of stuff. But Nebraska on, or sorry, Rivals has us behind Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. That is it in the entire right. Big Ten for the class of 2024. That is it. And we are pretty far ahead of Minnesota who's they've ranked behind us in fifth um, for uh, two, four, seven, they include USC and UCLA in there. So it's Ohio state, Michigan, USC, Penn state, Nebraska, but still you take out that Nebraska is still fourth best in the big 10 there. Uh, and then with on three, I believe it's the same thing, um, but they include USC as well. So yeah, we're still behind Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state. And that is, that is huge. That is absolutely massive because if you can out recruit your own conference, like we're out recruiting places that like we're out recruiting Wisconsin who Luke fickle has more experience in the big 10 than Matt rule does. Luke fickle should effectively like have more, like he should be better at recruiting. You think just be based on a player of like, I want to have success. I'm going to go with a coach that has had success at the conference. I'm going to be playing in. You take all those specifics, but Matt Rule has just been recruiting the daylights out of everyone and has been out recruiting nearly everyone, save for Georgia and Alabama. But I don't know how much Georgia and Alabama's recruiting is the coaches versus just the fact that they win everything every single year uh, mm -hmm. at this point. And, and that's what that would explain why Clemson is ranked ahead of us, all that kind of stuff. But uh, who knows? Still, Nebraska inside the top 20 nationally in every single recruiting state, inside the top 15 in most of them is – that is huge. That is massive for Nebraska. That is something that I would never, never have guessed coming into this. So um, 
I mean, we can talk about some of the other guys we got. We got Kwan Lacey. Uh, I'm just going to list these guys off real quick. We got Kwan Lacey is a three-star running back from Texas. Carlin Jones uh, is a three-star defensive lineman from Texas. And then Quinn Clark is a uh, legacy player. His dad played for Nebraska in the 90s. Is that correct? Uh, earlier than that, I believe. Eighties. Okay, 80s. I, it was it was around there. Yeah, uh, he's from Bozeman, Montana, but uh, he's three star wide receiver. But still, uh, and then Danny Kalen got ranked as a four star player by two four seven. That's big. We knew that was going to happen. We yeah. knew that we got a steal when we got it, when he was put as a three star. Just watching him play, watching his highlight, he's better than a three star. That's a that's great for him. Uh, glad that he was able to get that. And then Caleb. Uh, Pi from from Omaha Central. He committed to Illinois. Everyone thought he was going to commit to Illinois when he set his recruitment date for Thursday. Kind of the same thing as Carter Nelson, where it's like, okay, he's deciding early. It's probably going to be the one that's most likely. Unfortunately for Nebraska, you lose that in-state talent. Um, and Rule wanted Pi from to play guard, but he mm-hmm. wanted to play tackle. Brett Bielema, coach of Illinois, said he could play tackle. That's obviously going to be a huge factor. Um, it, I'm not super upset about that because I trust rule. We've gotten enough offensive yeah. linemen. We've got a couple of guys from Colorado and all that stuff. So this isn't as big of a loss as it would be in other years, maybe, but still kind of hurts a little bit that you don't get that in-state talent. Going back to Jacory Barney, you were correct. It's Barney, not Barnes. I couldn't read my own <laughs> writing. <laughs> you were absolutely, you know, I, if you get a chance and maybe you've done this, uh, I looked at, uh, of uh, huddle film of Carlin Jones, the three three star kid out of uh, Bay City, Texas. Yeah, he plays. He's defensive lineman. He he looks like a linebacker. He has he's amazing speed. I don't know why he's a only a three star. You look at this kid. It's like he's playing. It's kind of like Carter Nelson. That it, it's it's a dad playing with a bunch of his son's friends. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Uh, Jones, I think, is is going to be a huge pick for Nebraska. I I really do, uh, and I I like I watch film of uh, Quinn Clark. Uh, he's a little bit like uh, Samari Torre. Uh, okay, another kid we got out of Montana, uh, wide receiver, uh, a lot of speed. Great, he goes up and gets the ball. Um, it's like those 50-50s, No, they're mine. They they become eighties or nineties or a hundred. Uh, great. I think the common thread is, as you said earlier, is, is athleticism. These kids are, they have innate skills already. And I think Matt Rule is saying, you come to us, we're going to put you in a position to be the best you can be. And I'm, I'm jacked up. For that. I keep saying, I talk to my buddies about Husker football, like almost every day. And I said, I just, I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid, you know, it's like, he hasn't coached a game or, uh, you know, uh, rule hasn't and it's like but it's hard not to drink the kool-aid based on what rule has done in his short stature at or uh, stay at nebraska yeah yeah it's it's and we talked about this last week of it i asked you the question is it okay and you said no it's not and i think you're right in saying that uh, but that doesn't kill the thought of Nebraska being a power again and still right. kind of like this season's going to be amazing. We got all this momentum behind it. It still doesn't kill the uh, feeling of optimism and maybe some of it's pointless, but who knows? We haven't seen anything yet. None of these teams have proven anything 
yet. And that's, that's important to remember at this point in the, in the off season. Um, when we're talking about the season, because we're close now, we're close, as you said, a month and then Husker football starts. And it's, it's so close that you can almost feel that it's, it's right there. And you can think that, okay, Nebraska is going to go 12 and 0 this year. But that's that's completely unrealistic when you think about it because we have to play Michigan. We have to play some of these other really good schools. We got to play – I mean, an Iowa team that's always solid. Like, there's not a um, – you can't drink that Kool-Aid at even how tempting it is. And I've – like, I've sipped it a little bit. Like, there's yeah, – yeah. I've taken yeah, a little yeah, bit off the top, but I don't want to drink that entire glass yet. And I know, I'm, I'm restraining myself from not doing that. And uh, it's – it's it's so close that it. I just want it to be August. I want to be able to just have some fun, like some actual tangible thing where I can say, okay, this is what to be optimistic about. This right. is what to be pessimistic about. Here's how I feel about the season going. I just need that Minnesota game to happen. And then, I, I mean, as much pressure as it is on Matt Rule, I feel like a lot of the Nebraska critics, Nebraska football uh, analysts such as ourselves and podcasters, all that kind of thing, will be judging Matt Rule and the entire Nebraska team based off that first Minnesota game. Yeah. Just because we've been waiting. We've, we, it's, it's so close that we have this new kind of rebirth of Nebraska football that everyone's hoping for and that we had with Scott Frost. But now this time it seems like it's actually legitimate. Scott Frost didn't have these really – highly recruited recruiting classes or sorry, highly touted recruiting classes. He didn't have the same kind of aura as rule does where it's just intoxicating and you just want to be a part of it. And it just is like, but you need, you need that game to happen. You need Nebraska to perform on the field. And that's where it all comes down to eventually. And you can recruit the number one recruiting class in the nation, but if you go on 12, no one cares. And you know, uh, we'll yeah. probably never find, excuse me, I didn't mean, mean to interrupt you, but oh, no, you're okay. Uh, um, we'll never, I suppose, we'll never find out the influence that Danny Kalen had in getting uh Carter Nelson. We all we already know his influence on getting uh Davon Hall and and uh Isaiah McMorris, those are the, his two teammates, and but you just never you, you don't know. And we we were talking about. The influence that that uh, Dylan Raiola would have wherever he's going to go, he's going to bring other players with him. Well, I think Danny is is doing that. He's already done it, and uh, someday we will find out if uh, how much of an influence it was on Carter Nelson. Maybe Carter was coming to Nebraska anyway. But in that, I got to thinking about when these kids get to Nebraska. This, you know, probably most of them probably going to be there in in January. And if Xavier Betts stays on the Husker roster, there will be four players from one high school on Nebraska's roster at the same time. And I don't, I can't think of another school. It'd have to be Omaha or Lincoln, some big school that would produce four players like that. You'd have Danny Kalen, Isaiah McMorris, Davon Hall, Xavier Betts. So I, I, I have to, well, the one other the one the one other school would be the Palmetto. Uh, I, I believe it's Palmetto Beach High School. I forget if it's just Palmetto High School, but anyway, wherever um, Jacory Barney's from, Dwight Boodle, um, Corey Collier, and that I forget the fourth guy. But there are four that that's the only other school that that would happen with. Which is it's kind of crazy the community 
that Matt Rule's building through recruiting too. It's not just like, oh, he's picking the best from every single state. And then it's just like, okay, you better like each other when you get on the field. He's like, no, you guys have played against each other. You know each other. You play for the same high school. Like we have like, you were, you graduated high school three years ago. You know, the football program, you maybe know this kid because you've seen him play at the JV level on the freshman team. You watched him play. You've met him. You've talked to him in summer camps before. Like you've met these kids. That means you'll have eight kids. I mean, I guess two, two sets of four that all have a common basis. And then Danny Kalen just seems like a very, he seems like an amazing kid, just very personable. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, he might be just the, the second best recruiter that Matt rule has besides, besides Matt rule himself. Um, and he, I mean, maybe, maybe Garrett McGuire's up there too, but we'll, we'll we can talk about that at another point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, you you're building that community and the chemistry is very important where that's going to come through when you're, when you're down late and you need something, you need a rally, all those, you know how to get the best out of everybody. And those players do on the field. It's not just a coach knowing how to get the best out of everybody. That's, that's part of it, of course. And I think Matt rules great at that. But when it comes to Danny Kalen, Isaiah McMorris, all those guys just getting on the same page, save your bets, getting on the same page and saying, okay, we got to put our head down. We got to go 75 yards. We got three minutes. Let's go win this game and let's keep each other accountable and motivate each other to go and, and get this win and, and finish this game out. When you bring in a bunch of random players, sure that can happen, but not to the same extent when you have players from the same school that are able to, that have that bond that are able to be with each other and put and push each other forward. So yeah, that's, that's pretty insane that Nebraska will have two high schools, four kids from two high schools. Uh, I said four kids from each high school, I should say that are going to be at Nebraska at the same time playing together, which is um, honestly something I never thought I'd see happen. And I don't think that that's anything that really happens at other colleges i don't i don't recall seeing anything like that at georgia seeing anything like that at alabama you don't see that kind of stuff so yeah so do you want to talk a little bit about uh, trev albert's bonus did you are you i i did not see anything about this so i'll let you i'll let you start with this one but uh well apparently i don't know when this started so i'm but there's there's a learfield director's cup and i guess all the d1 schools are in this competition uh, and if you've, I, I think Trev Alberts, he's the AD of Nebraska. Yeah. If, if his team finishes in the top 30, he gets a bonus of $160,000. Now, and I looked at that and I said, wow, I, I had no idea that you could be, you know, out of all D1 teams and you're number 29 based on. Uh, and this is the best finish. But Nebraska ended up getting 734.25 points. And uh, right behind Nebraska is Northwestern, Minnesota, Louisville, Arizona State, Auburn, and South Carolina. And this is the best finish for Nebraska in about, what, seven years, something like that. Um, points are given uh, for any NCAA postseason play. So now I got thinking, well, wait a minute. We didn't make. The men's basketball team didn't make it. The women's uh, basketball team did not make it. The softball team did not make it. Certainly, the, the football team didn't do it. And it's like, well, how do you get the points? Well, they got volleyball and men's and women's track and field, and I don't know what else, but I was 
I don't know about you, but I'm I'm kind of like, wow, you get a hundred and sixty thousand dollar bonus and your teams the 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 heavily funded teams underperformed. I'm I, I don't I don't quite get that. Yeah, I don't know either. And I mean when you take into account that Nebraska only got points for volleyball, men's and women's track and field, it's like okay. Well, it might be there might be target shooting or whatever or something. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Bowling, whatever. And probably bowling, yeah. I was gonna say Nebraska's kind of a powerhouse of bowling, which is weird to say that our bowling team is better than our football team. Yeah. Um <laughs> and uh I mean I've ne- I, as you said, like I've never really heard of this before either. I, I, I kind I, I feel like I knew it existed, but I don't remember a lot about it. And uh, it seems a little bit weird that the AD gets the credit for how the sports teams perform versus the coaches. I don't know how that bonus is going to be spent. Obviously, I imagine it's just for Trev Alberts and his salary. But yeah, I, who knows if he's going to reinvest some of that? I don't know what he's going to do with it. But that seems a little bit weird to me that it's not. Oh, the coaches get a bonus or that kind of thing. Well, the because, coaches are going to get bonuses based on their performance too. Well, right, you know, right, right. Yeah. But finish like if they contribute to helping Nebraska finish in top thirty, where Trev Alberts, the AD, gets a bonus for this. Like I get to hire these coaches, all that kind of stuff. Like he plays a pretty instrumental role. But it seems like it seems to me that it's like okay, well, you're not the one actually getting the best out of these players. You're just the one that is hiring the people to get the best out of these players. It seems like he's too removed to get credit for it. Uh, it, it as much credit as $160,000 bonuses. Well, and, and he's been, he's the only coach he's hired, I believe uh, is, is, uh, is Matt rule. And Matt rule hasn't even played a game yet. Cause yeah, uh, that's a good point. Well, did he, Freddie did he Hoiberg, Scott Frost or did, was that Bill Moose? Uh, Bill Moose is the one who hired Scott Frost. Yeah. Okay. And, and Moose hired uh, uh, Fred Hoiberg. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure who hired Amy Williams. But the point is, he didn't hire any of those coaches. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you should, you know, reward excellent uh, work and and uh, and achievement. Yeah, definitely. With that, but it seems. Seems seems to me a little hollow. One hundred and sixty grand, and what did you do for it? I'm I'm I mean I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about. But it just seems doesn't seem that way. I I I, I'll have to talk to some other people about that. But I just I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, that is interesting, and I didn't I didn't uh, know about that. So yeah, that's interesting. And you think about it, and as you said, like it, you're a little bit removed from it. So it's kind of like he didn't hire those coaches that that won him the right. points that got him that bonus. So it seems kind of a little bit weird. But if Nebraska starts get like if Matt Rule does well, then maybe this makes more sense. And if he hires, if say Fred Hogenberg ends up leaving, I don't think he will. We might have to we we might see if he if Nebraska crashes and burns this year. You might get fired, that kind of stuff. We'll see. Um, but that's that's a conversation for another day. But um, let's move on to the revised Husker Big Ten schedule. This is for football, I would assume. Yes. Um, this is for the 2024-2025 season. So this is uh, when UCLA and USC will join the Big yep. Ten. So 2024, Nebraska plays at home, Indiana, Michigan State, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yep. Away, we play Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, and UCLA. 
that one is interesting. It's it's interesting adding another conference game because then you have less non-conference yep. games. So Nebraska will have nine conference games at this point and two non-conference or sorry, 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 three, three. non-conference games. Yeah. Um, I believe is that what they have now? Yes. No. Oh, so that's, oh, that is, no. You're right. That's a, so we just play one less of the traditional Big Ten opponents, um, which isn't a huge problem, I don't think. No. Um, because we keep the rivalry with Iowa. Um, I can't really yep. think Wisconsin maybe could turn into a rival. I don't know. It's it, Nebraska is kind of struggling for rivals inside the Big Ten, and yeah. Oklahoma is so far out distance Nebraska these past couple of years that that's not even a rivalry. Um, so, I mean, you just look at the games from the past couple of years. It wasn't really that close. I mean, I guess two years ago it was close, but, uh, last year just got blown out of the water. So, and that, that Oklahoma team was actually worse than the team before the year before that. So that's kind of exciting, but, uh, who knows, maybe this with this UCLA and USC, you might get a kind of rivalry. Um, I know that, I mean, USC is just in my mind, watching college football, they're very obnoxious. I am not a big, big fan of USC football at all. Um, especially Lincoln Riley, USC football. Um, I, 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 Lincoln Riley is an amazing coach, amazing recruiter. Um, but I just don't, like like just the USC kind of encapsulates that California LA flamboyance that really just gets on my nerves. So who knows? Maybe that could uh, spark something with Nebraska. That could be an interesting rivalry if Rule brings Nebraska back up. Because I tell you right now, if USC and UCLA, if USC and Nebraska played right now, USC would beat Nebraska by like sixty. Um, it, it would be a very high scoring game because USC has no defense. Um, but we'll have to see uh, in a, in a couple of years here. But that's interesting that. Nebraska doesn't play USC until 2025 when they join in 2024. Um, and they play away first. So I don't know if that matters too much. I mean, it'll matter some, obviously, playing at USC and all that kind of stuff. But how do you see this USC-UCLA addition going for Nebraska, specifically, Grandpa, when Nebraska's used, used to having to travel east, go to the East Coast. The yeah. furthest they really have to travel is Rutgers. Um, and now they got to go the opposite way. There's no Big Ten teams between Nebraska's the furthest uh, west Big Ten team, I believe. Um, I don't know about yes. Iowa, but uh, it's it's close with Iowa. But and, yeah, we are. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to have very far west coast. Uh, those UCLA and USC are very interconnected. They have that rivalry built in already, which is nice for the Big Ten from a uh, marketing standpoint. But what do you? What are your quick thoughts here on UCLA USC joining the Big Ten? Well, I love the the addition. I I, I usually don't like change, but uh, you know, there's recruiting bed in in uh, California that Nebraska is certainly going to have a presence out there now that they they didn't have. That that means every year they're going to be playing. I believe now. I don't. This is just two years. I, I I would assume that that those that that schedule will. I think we'll be playing somebody out there maybe every year. I I, I don't know. But again, we just have the two years. But um, yeah, the presence there is going to be great. Um, I, I'm I'm jacked up about it. And you go from you know Southern Cal and UCLA clear out to Maryland. You know, it goes. It's a it's true. Uh, Internet or not international, but a national uh, conference, uh, unlike any other conference that's uh, that's uh, in existence now. But uh, in in twenty twenty five, the away games we have are Maryland, Minnesota, Ohio State, and Southern Cal. So that's going to be a tough schedule. But yeah. I, 
you know, you talk with the with the former Husker players who are used to winning. They said, we, we'll play anybody, anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter. You know, we can't let, oh, my gosh, we've got, you know, we've got Ohio State and we got to play Southern Cal and, oh, woe is me. No, you should have a program that, that says we'll play anybody, anytime, anywhere. And uh, I think hopefully Matt Rule is the guy that will take us there. Yeah, and I think he's implementing that vision again. Is what you're what you're saying about those um, Husker players from the '90s, from the early 2000s, when we were winning and competing at a national level, and Nebraska was a, a name that people looked up to in college football and was in the top 25 uh, preseason all the time, in the top 15 preseason all the time. And uh, he's rules reinstituting reinstituting that kind of mantra of we don't care who we're playing. We just we'll beat them. We'll we'll take them on. We'll give them our best shot. We'll knock them off, and we just believe in ourselves that we could play the best that we possibly can against these teams. Because rule knows that you're not going to beat everybody. You're not going to beat everybody. That is very rare. You have to have a very good team and a decently soft schedule, I should say. Uh, no offense to Notre Dame, uh, who has done that multiple times, but they have played some very average teams doing that and uh it it doesn't it's not the same as when alabama does it or as when if nebraska was to do it that is that is that's huge because you look at the sec you look at the big 10 those schools are just massive and and very very difficult to beat in their perennial powers like ohio state michigan all those all those kind of schools and you add in the usc and ucla who both of which are very good have explosive offenses all that but rule rules just reinstituting that mantra of we can be anybody anytime anywhere um and uh it, it kind of the any given sunday thing where it doesn't matter who you're playing doesn't matter what the conditions are just you go out there and you play as best as you possibly can and if we beat them that's exactly what we want and that we believe that we can do that but if we don't we come short but it was our best effort that's still something that's you're able to look back on and think, okay, this is still something that we can be proud of. Uh, maybe not as proud as if you, if you had won, obviously all these guys are competitors. They want to win, but yeah. We Anything have time. Else you got? No, I, I think we have time for, to do some women's basketball update. You want to talk about that? Uh, Huster's got a great recruit. Out of, yeah, we uh, yeah we we'll, we'll go through this real quick here. We we're we're running out of time a little bit, but uh, yeah, we can talk about this one uh, Husker women's basketball commit uh, Amaya Hargrove. She's a six two forward from Christopher, Illinois. Uh, the population of that town is less than three thousand, and uh, she was a reluctant shooter until her coach got her to take more shots, and then. Um, she scored 51 points the next game after she started shooting of the team yeah. 60. <laughs> that that is insane, um, and uh, that's that's pretty crazy. So getting a anyone, I mean, six two for a, a women's athlete is pretty hard to come by. Um, so and she's averaging really 25 points a game and nine rebounds. Jeez. And I I put a note in there. This this can't hurt. Nebraska's or Amy Williams' uh, chances of getting Britt Prince. I mean, because oh, Britt no. wants to do some some teammates that are going to help her win. And uh, definitely, you know, definitely, you know, Britt Prince, I think, is the Dylan Riola of uh, of women's basketball, and and she is that. She's a great player, and I I hope I just want to follow her career. She's a great player. 
Yeah, but, yeah. Wherever uh, she goes, we'll have to we'll have to keep watch on that. But uh, we'll talk about some more women's basketball stuff next week. We can talk about the commit a little bit more if you want to get into that. Um, and uh, yeah, we can talk about Jordy Ball a little bit. She's been having some impact on Nebraska, but then yeah, I mean we got we got to do some uh, position room previews. I think we got to start those because the season's right around the corner, as you said, just a month, and then we'll see if this team actually stacks up how we're all thinking it's going to. So. Uh, yeah. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone about the show. Go follow us on Twitter at HBT Huskers Pod or search How About Them Huskers on Twitter. Um, you can also email us anything, any questions you have at HBTH Podcast at ProtonMail.com or HuskerDan at Cox.net. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. And most importantly, go Big Red. Go Big Red.